0: Gail Gilman. Present. The San Francisco Port Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Rama who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Rama have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland, we wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatishaloni community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Item number two is approval of minutes of the April 26, 2022 work Commission meeting.
1: I so move. Second. Uh,
2: we have a motion and second. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion passes the minutes of the April 26, 2022
0: meeting are adopted. Item number three is public comment on executive session.
2: We will take public comment on executive session. Is there any public comment in the room? Seeing none. Um, Jenna Jenica will provide instructions now for remote participants.
3: Thank you, President Adams. At this time, we will open the queue for anyone on the phone who would like to make public comment on executive session. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. The system will let you know when your line is open. Others will wait on mute until their line is open. Comments will be limited to three minutes per person. The queue is now open. Please
4: speak a little louder?
3: Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. at this time there are no members of the public on the phone wishing to make public comment
2: public comment is closed carl next item please
0: item number four is executive session there's one executive session item conference with real property negotiator as agendized
2: commissioners may i have a motion to go into closed session so So moved
0: moved.
5: second
2: all in favor say aye. aye aye opposed we are now in closed session Can I have a motion to not disclose any of our closed sessions?
1: <laughs> so <Still> moved
2: <laughs> we have a motion and second all in favor say
0: aye aye, aye.
2: opposed yeah, that hurts
0: item number six is the pledge of allegiance
2: A <coughs> pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for For which it stands, one nation, under God, God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for
5: all.
0: Item number seven is announcements. Please be advised that the ringing and use of cell phones and similar sound producing electronic devices are prohibited at this meeting. Please be advised that a member of the public has up to three minutes to make pertinent public comments on each agenda item, unless the port commissioner adopts a shorter period on any item. Public comment must be in respect to the current agenda item and the commission will take in-person public comment first and then remote public comment. For remote public comment, please dial 415-655-0001 and enter access code 2480 930 Four seven one five pound, and then during each public comment period the moderator will instruct you to dial star 3 to be added to the queue for that particular item and then an audio prompt will signal when it is your turn to comment. If you're watching this meeting on SFGovTV there's a short broadcasting delay so to not miss your chance to comment please dial in when the item you want to comment on is announced and then mute your device and listen only through your telephone which has no delay And for remote presenters and participants, please mute your microphones when you're not presenting. That brings us to item 8, public comment on items not listed on the agenda. We will
2: take public comment at this time on items not listed on the agenda. Is there any public comment in the room? Is there any public comment in the room? Seeing none. um, There's
6: public comment. Please step up to the microphone. Okay.
2: Sorry about that. Didn't see
7: you. Hi there. Hello, commissioners. Can you hear me?
2: Yes.
7: All right. Hello, commissioners. Uh, Hello, Mr. President, vice president. My name is Alex Sobel, and I'm here representing a grassroots group. We're called Grand Embarcadero, and we're envisioning what we think of as a Grand Embarcadero, which is a car-free Embarcadero, where people of all ages, no matter their age, can walk bike and roll safely a serious car diet road diet for the Embarcadero we think the Embarcadero is an incredible waterfront promenade and transit corridor and we are so grateful for all the work that the port is doing to plan the waterfront's future through the waterfront resilience program just responded to the resilience survey yesterday so really grateful for that work we think that the current design of the roadway which dedicates more than half of the space to the movement of cars, is not safe enough and not green enough and not resilient enough to meet the goals of the waterfront. And we think it's time to consider something safer, greener, more sustainable, and more resilient. Let's talk about safety. The reality is that most of the route is not super safe right now for people who aren't traveling in cars and who are using Bicycles, no carbon or low carbon transportation. The narrow bike lane, for the most part, is not protected from car violence with any physical barriers. I use that bike lane to get here. And I can tell you the traffic is really fast and dangerous. And if you look on social media, you can see residents, people who use this roadway, uh, talk about their scary interactions with cars and trucks. And bikes. Let's talk about a green future, a sustainable future. A car free Embarcadero would create a carbon free corridor in a transit network connecting SF's eastern neighborhoods to the entire region. On the car free Embarcadero, people could walk, bike, and roll safely to BART, Muni, and ferries. Transport, we know, is 47% of SF's greenhouse gas emissions, more than all its buildings put together. So we think this is a really important way to make our waterfront more sustainable. Finally, let's talk about resiliency. The port's terrific waterfront resilience program is looking at strategies we know like defend, accommodate, and retreat. We think that four lanes of busy car traffic right in front of the water's edge is not the most resilient way to go. We know that cars and water don't mix well. We think that a waterfront promenade, like a Grand Embarcadero, like a walking waterfront, like marshes, (coughs) uh, reclaimed parkland by the water, we think that would be resilient. We hope that the Port Commission will embrace this idea, work with us, and help make a grand embarcadero a reality. We are working on our plan, putting together our website, and thinking through our proposal. (laughs) I really urge the Port to consider this idea to make the waterfront safer, greener, and more resilient. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President.
2: Okay. Anyone else? Is there someone else that's going to speak? Seeing none. Um... At this time, Jenica will provide instructions now for remote participants.
3: Thank you, President Adams. At this time, we will open the queue for anyone on the phone who would like to make public comment on items not listed on the agenda. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. The system will let you know when your line is open. Others will wait on mute until their line is open. Comments will be limited to three minutes per person. The queue is now open. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. At this time, there are no members of the public on the phone wishing to make public
0: comment.
2: Thanks a lot, Jenica. Uh, Public comment is closed. Carl, next item, please.
0: Item 9A is the executive director's report.
6: Good afternoon, President Adams, Vice President Wu Ho, members of the Commission, members of the public and port staff. I am Elaine Forbes, the port's executive director. My report today is about equity. As we kick off Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, I'm happy to report on significant milestones we've made. Last week, we submitted the 2022 Racial Equity Action Plan Progress Report to the Office of Racial Equity, since publishing our ambitious plan in december of 2020 we have made progress on all our goals and actions we have worked to embed racial equity into all aspects of our business we have created space and programming to recognize and celebrate the diversity of our staff and we've begun normalizing conversations about race in addition we are working to make the port an anti-racist organization We are taking actionable steps to support and uplift the voices of marginalized and underrepresented BIPOC communities. Today we stand ready to elevate this work. We will proactively take steps to breathe life into our culture that is welcoming, transparent, and open to people of all backgrounds. We will continue to examine and improve our internal practices and external actions to create opportunities for and with BIPOC partners and communities. Actions and goals for 2020 to support employee-identified areas that we need to put, place attention to, to achieve racial equity. To our strategic plan, we have updated our 2021-2025 strategic plan to ensure alignment with racial equity actions. Today, I will present the update to the plan, and Tony Autry, our diversity, equity, and opportunity manager, will present our actions, our REAP actions in 2021 and those planned for this year. You will learn about new equity strategies because we are being innovative, and we are co-creating our plan with our port staff and with this commission. As a reminder, we have seven goals in our strategic plan. Our strategic plan has three pillars, economic recovery, equity, and resilience. Our economic recovery will incorporate equity so that our renaissance includes and celebrates residents and welcomes next-door neighbors who have been historically left out and left behind. Our business opportunities aim to be shared with BIPOC owners and workforce. Our economic recovery offers us the promise to do things differently and to see our values of equity on the ground in the experience of the waterfront. Equity is a foundational pillar, and we're working to weave it into port work. We will create a more diverse, inclusive, and equitable organization and waterfront and create an anti-racist organization that provides all employees the environment where they can bring their full selves to work and make their best contributions. The language of our specific equity goal is to create a diverse, equitable, and inclusive organization and waterfront and empower Black, Indigenous, and other people of color, BIPOC, in port operations and opportunities through equitable policies and practices. Our goal remains the same. We have updated our strategies. I'm gonna start with our internal actions. We have three key objectives here. The first is an environment of inclusion and belonging. This has been a major focus of our DEI work and it has proven very important. I did not clearly see that our work work culture was unwelcoming for many, and it had been designed by and for those who are dominant and in a power position, and white culture has been deeply ingrained. We are working to change our culture. We will continue this important work. We will cultivate a work environment that celebrates diversity of staff and their contributions to the organization. We will create and review policies and practices to promote inclusion of BIPOC, women, people with disabilities, LGBTQIA, and other historically disadvantaged groups. We will provide racial equity and gender bias training for all port staff. We can only be stronger as an organization if we are, in fact, a diverse organization. This is our second objective. To do this, we need to establish uh, racially diverse and inclusive leadership at the port. And here's how we will achieve this objective. We will implement and refine our mentorship program to support BIPOC staff and others that are underrepresented in leadership. Port leaders will participate in this mentorship program. Additionally, we will evaluate staff demographics and improve diversity through hiring and retention. The data is very important here. We want the demographics of the organization overall to be proximately reflected at all levels in our organization, leadership, management, technical, uh, crafts throughout the organization. Leadership accountability is key. We need to continue to evaluate the data and set goals for ourselves. I am focused on secession planning in our leadership deputy director and assistant deputy director ranks. Our third objective is equitable recruitment, hiring, and retention. Historically, all of these ha- activities have been blind to race and diversity. We are improving our processes to achieve a diverse workforce. Of Here we are going to advance diversity strategies for hiring at all levels, focusing on underrepresented groups, including Latinx people. We will leverage city programs to hire at least 10 interns every year from historically under-resourced neighborhoods. We are underway with hiring of our port's onbudsman. This is a position and service we've never had before, and this person will support our staff on training, promotional opportunities, and career advancement. And we will ensure all managers receive city training to improve their ability to supervise and mentor staff. This summarizes our internal strategy, and I want to take a moment to thank port staff, who have deeply engaged in this work, they have expressed their concerns, uplifted their voices, and worked closely with leadership to set our course to an anti-racist organization. This journey will not be con- uh, concluded today or next year. This is a long journey, and our staff has set the course on us taking it. We are not just focused on internal actions. We will remain laser-focused on creating an equitable waterfront for all. Here we have three key objectives. First is connect resilient communities to waterfront open space by increasing activation in port parks and open space for historically underrepresented communities. To do this work, to cr- we will create more partnerships with BIPOC community-serving organizations. We have seen success here through our Pacha partner with the Sailing Program for Low-Income Youth. We are also committed to improving our open spaces and parks, and we are seeking city, state, and federal funding to do so. Second to our external actions is leasing. We have over 500 tenants, and our impact can be great through our leasing um, relationships. We're going to ensure equal access to opportunities, particularly for BIPOC-owned and local business enterprises, and Tony can provide more detail on the actions. And third, we will continue to ensure economic opportunities are shared with all communities through our contracting. Our strategy here is to engage, and through more and more creative means and partnerships, to assist, to provide technical assistance, and to outreach um, with education with the goal of 10 new BIPOC firms in the SETI's LBE program. I'm happy to report that port actions have resulted in many new businesses joining the program, and we will continue to exceed the mayor's goal of 40 percent contracts awarded to LBE firms. This effort requires deep collaboration, thought, and intentional efforts by us all. We stand ready to ensure this work is at the forefront of organizational strategy to meet our mission. Our equity strategy aligns with the Race Equity Action Plan actions and the DEI program. I'm really inspired by the work staff is doing to advance our goals, and I hope you will be too. As for next steps, I'll be back before you soon with a strategic plan update to the resilience goal. In July, we'll publish our updated language on the three sections that we've worked on, economic recovery, equity today, and then resilience. I want to thank you, and now I want to turn it over to Tony Autry, our equity. Uh, manager, she's going to go through the details of success we've had in 2021, what we're planning for 2022, and how our efforts align with the strategic plan. Tony,
8: thank you, Elaine. Good afternoon, President Adams, Vice President Wuho, Commissioners, and members of the public. It is nice to be here in person with you today. My name is Tony Autry, the Diversity, Equity, and Opportunity Manager, and I will be presenting an update on our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Program. So our agenda for today will cover where the focus of our hard work has been since the creation of our departmental racial equity action plan in December of 2020, which is now in the process of being implemented. I'll provide you with an overview of 2021 and 2022 (coughs) goals and how we selected um, the actions that we will implement for this year. To start, I'd like to provide a high-level overview of our 2021 REAP goals. Last year, we examined our REAP goals and categorized actions as short, mid, and long-term goals. Our game plan was to tackle short-term goals focused on organizational culture of inclusion and belonging. We selected the most actions to implement from this section. We found these actions to be innovative and to yield long-lasting positive impacts for the port by addressing inequities experienced by employees of color. Other short-term actions focused on leadership development, opportunities for disadvantaged communities, small business loan and grant opportunities, and contract opportunities. Of the total 136 actions, we selected 30 REAP actions as goals to be completed by December 31st, 2021. In our first year of implementation, we made notable key accomplishments. Our HR developed a mentorship program for which we are piloting this year. We have also continued our investment into funding a youth employment program that we hope will increase the racial diversity of our applicant pool of those seeking careers in professional services and construction trades for port projects. We've developed a a diversity calendar at the start of 2021, uh, which included programming starting with Black History Month and um, continued with cultural month designations uh, throughout the year. We initially were sending our communications to all staff simply via email, but we've since moved to a communica- moved our communications to a platform that can track email analytics and have seen a significant increase in the engagement and participation of port staff in such events like just keeping it real and port chat. Additionally, we have successfully applied a racial equity lens to key policies such as the COVID vaccine mandate and return to office. Senior leadership has completed 10 four-hour sessions of racial equity training, and equity champions completed three four-hour sessions. We have provided financial assistance for LBEs through COVID-19 pandemic relief, LBE loans, And as you know, our Port Commission is fully engaged with supporting and guiding our equity efforts. Commissioners Kimberly Brandon and Gail Gilman have formed an equity working group to provide guidance and receive detailed and more frequent updates on our progress of REAP implementation. Our Port Commission also adopted the Ramatush Ohlone land acknowledgement, which is now read at the beginning of each Port Commission meeting. The recognition of the land acknowledgement is a small, yet significant step towards combating native invisibility. Last but certainly not least, we have established a relationship with the ORE. That has led to the creation of an enterprise and infrastructure cohort that is made up of other city enterprise departments who meet monthly to share best practices, brainstorm ideas and provide a safe space for racial equity leaders to share both the highlights and challenges of this equity work. I would be remiss if I didn't mention a critical component to our internal DEI program infrastructure, which has been the creation of the Racial Equity Change Team and revised role for our Racial Equity Advisory Council. Together, these two groups serve as the port's equity champions. Of the 30 actions we completed, 20 are completed. Um, Of the the 30 actions, we completed, 20 and 10 are still in progress. And so this pie chart uh, reflects that. So I'll now provide an overview of our 2022 REAP goals. So the approach we took differed from last year. Um, This time, we have had an improved process that involved both the deputy directors and equity champions of each division early on and throughout every phase of our process. Our methodology for selecting and prioritizing REAP actions to implement for 2022 was highly collaborative and transparent. We had robust discussions and different perspectives to consider before building consensus and collectively deciding whether to recommend certain REAP actions over others. Our approach provided a way for staff from every level of the organization to have equal and direct access to decision making. The series of engagements, Aim to support building a strong collaborative culture within our organization that spans across divisions, challenges top-down decision-making as the only method, and helps to break down silos. Our approach incorporated feedback from the ORE REAP evaluation, which recommended that we need to commit to shifting internal decision-making structures to repair trust and empower BIPOC employees. The success of reaching each milestone relied heavily on teamwork, communication and a shared vision as a result of this collaborative approach and process. There is a greater degree of familiarity and engagement with our racial equity action plan and a sense of connectivity to the racial equity work among staff. Our 2022 reap selection process entailed three phases. Our first phase uh, was with our deputy directors and equity champions by division. There, they produced a list of goals five to eight racial equity action plan goals that they felt were feasible, um, that they could, that were fully resourced and could be implemented by the end of this year. The next phase involved volunteers from phase one. So, we established a working group. That consisted both of Deputy Directors and Equity Champions. There they took the list of proposed goals from each division and ran them through a criteria which I will outline for you on the next slide. Um, They uh, went through the criteria and then selected 15 to 25 REAP goals to recommend And then that was presented to our um, port director and assistant port director to finalize our recommended actions. So here is the criteria that we applied. Another recommendation from the ORE was to gather robust and meaningful qualitative data from employees so we use key themes from our internal listening tour that was done in 2020 as a measure of whether an action was supporting an identified area of improvement for the port. Other factors that, inclu- that influenced this year's goals included feasibility and available resources, whether it addressed racial disparities, and if it aligned with the equity section of the port strategic plan. Our collaborative REAP process, selection process, resulted in finalizing 23 actions to implement as our 2022 REAP goals. In addition to the 23 actions, there are those 10 carryover actions for 2021 that are still in progress. And one action we found that was not assigned last year, but there was significant progress made. So we rolled that one into the batch as well. There are a total of 34 actions to be implemented by December 31st, 2022. We have increased our external focus. As you see, 14 actions are from contracts Leasing, parks, and open space. We recognize the importance of the communities we serve and have prioritized our efforts to connect resilient communities to waterfront open space and ensure equal access to opportunities. The remaining nine actions are internal and are positioned to address employee identified areas of improvement where equity issues were identified. Our focus is to have fair and equitable standards related to discipline, expand the diversity of our applicant pool for recruitments, and retain talent by removing barriers to promotion and training opportunities. Informed by employee feedback, we will also focus on actions aimed to increase the accountability of our commission. So this slide reflects our HR focus actions that we selected to implement for this year. You'll see that three of the actions are from the discipline and separation section. This year, we will pay special attention to finding, to uncovering and tracking any biases against BIPOC employees and ensure that discipline is equitable for violations of similar policies across the board. Here are some additional actions that we've selected. These are external facing, and these actions were inherited from the EIP work, economic impact policy work, and it aims to improve and increase opportunities for resilient communities. And here are the remainder of the actions we selected for 2022. A key focus area is for the A key focus area for the port is not only to uphold equity as a pillar of its own organization, but also to advance equity through its partnerships, such as establishing criteria for development community benefit agreements that encourages the use of BIPOC tenants, subtenants, or suppliers. Overall, with our first year of implementation completed, we are pleased with our progress and collaboration among staff. We are building upon the momentum and it is our intention to take the lessons learned and feedback from our stakeholders to improve our DEI program and make strides towards our departmental transformation into a more diverse and equitable organization. This concludes the end of my informational presentation, and I can take any questions you may have.
6: All right. Thank you, Tony. If there are are no questions, I'll move to the next section of my report. (coughs) Uh, Commissioner Burton,
2: you got to go ahead.
4: I wish I could read my own writing. I wish I could read my own writing. Okay. I'll have to come back to. But there's a phrase that's been used over and over by yourself, by the director. And for the life of me, I can't. Looks like D I S I S I. I'm not disciplined. It it it'll, it'll come to me. But okay. It's. It's a phrase that's been used over and over, and I know what it means, but I don't know what it means as we're addressing it. Uh, But I want to compliment you and uh, the director for having a very uh, aggressive uh, way of uh, righting past wrongs. Uh, Myself, over years. When I was in the state legislature, I was in charge of hiring and the thing I was proudest of. Young people, primarily women and women of color that started off as messengers ended up working their way into like staff directors and chiefs of staff and policy makers. So I just think it's so important to reach people quote at the bottom and just help bring them up because that helps other people say if she could do it i can get up there too so i, I commend you and again wish you should i could read my own writing
8: <laughs> thank you commissioner Burton.
4: <clears throat> should have took penmanship <laughs>
5: I just want to thank uh, Elaine and Tony for both of those reports, and I think it's very important that um, you, we uh, update yes. the strategic plan to include equity. So thank you so much for that. And the the racial equity action plan update was great. And um, just want to thank the entire team for being so committed to implementing so many of these goals every year and look forward to uh, – Seeing the results of the implementation and what comes out of it. So, thank you, Tony. Mm-hmm.
8: Thank you, Commissioner Brandon. Um,
1: to, to, oh, Tony, as well, I just wanted to thank you for a wonderful report. Um, and so much progress has been made. Um, I think we should all be really proud, and particularly I'm um, celebrating our equity champions throughout the departments. So I wanted to say that. Only comment, uh, I have two comments, just um, just sort of um, out into the East Coast for maybe the committee or when we meet as a working group again to think about. I was thinking a lot about um, last month's um, or um, last session at the end of May and so I would hope we could figure out a way that when we do interdepartmental either MOUs or agreements with other city departments that we could as part of our preamble or sort of stock Language we put into those agreements, we could have something about our values for equity and that we have an expectation that those organizations are going to embrace our equity values. I know every department is unique Aye. and different. But I think, in particular, of what was brought up um, around Yosemite Creek and that southeast sector of the waterfront, I think that could be helpful when we work with SFMTA or the PUC or just other departments. So, just something to think about um, as a possibility. Um, and then, again, you know, just really wanted to say I really appreciate um, always the contracting opportunities, but particularly around bringing um, um, res- resiliency back to our parks and open spaces to ensure that um, communities of color in San Francisco have access to the amenities of the waterfront um, and how we look at our leasing to have our leasing reflect the diversity um, of San Francisco. So thank you
9: very much.
8: Thank you, Commissioner Gilman.
9: Thank you, Tony and Elaine, for this great report. Um, I think it, uh, it's great to see how we've infused this. And um, I guess I'm just going to make an observation rather than to comment on specific actions, because I think other commissioners have already mentioned that. Is my observation is that as you take each step, it's getting more integrated. And that's number one, is a great, a great uh, step forward in terms of uh, within the port itself. And secondly, I guess all of these actions do build a strong culture and culture is not built in one day. Culture takes a lot of time and uh, it takes consistency, constancy, uh, persistence to build a culture. And I just want to say that I think the ports really led this and I don't know about the other departments in the city, but it strikes me that I think that we're a leader in this effort because it takes every little bit all the time to reflect all of this. And it's little actions that add up and people begin to change their mindset. And then it becomes sort of organic, like breathing in and breathing out. And that's what you want uh, ultimately, is to have it be organic. And so but it does take conscious effort to get there. And I think that's what you're doing. So I commend you all for making those steps and uh, taking those actions, and eventually it just will be part of how you function every day. And you won't have to constantly have to talk about it as much, but it will just be the way you act. And that's really that will be the success. Is to get there, and I commend you for the journey that you're on.
8: Thank you, Vice President Wuho.
2: Thanks, Tony and Elaine. You know, something like this never appears in the box scores. It's a grind. You've just been grinding day in and day out, and I I really appreciate you know the effort. This is hard, right? But you're you're making a difference, and I think the commission we see it. I I can, I can see it, and uh, I think it just speaks to the principles and the consciousness of the poor and where they're trying to get. And I believe still this is the best commission in the city, the best agency here. And I think others will have to take notice because I think we'll continue to be that beacon of light. But they always says being the best isn't easy. You got to work harder than anybody else. So I appreciate the hard work. And to me, I can clearly see the efforts. And so uh, gratitude. Thank you,
4: Mr. Thank Chairman. You. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. W- would it be uh, proper or whatever it is? that we share our program or what we're doing with other city city agencies so that uh, the mayor or somebody hey if they're doing this over there why can't we do it at the airport or wherever the other agency is mm-hmm. and i just think uh, it it would be uh, it would be good because i think other commissions which i never thought of that yeah we could do that too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this could be, as the Chairman said, like a, a real beacon uh, for the entire, you know, city's infrastructure to right the wrongs, so to speak.
6: We very much appreciate that comment and. Tony is working with the other agencies. There's a new office that the, the city has established, the Office of Racial Equity, and it is bringing departments together to kind of share best practices, and we're in an infrastructure cohort, so that's working for us, but we will continue to share our best practices. We think we are a leader in this. We've learned from the racial Office of Racial Equity that we have ways to go. We know we have a ways to go, so we appreciate their feedback, but we will definitely share, and uh, for Commissioner Burton, I think the the uh, acronym acronym we keep using is BIPOC, and that no. might be the one that you wrote down. No. no, no. I
4: mean, I was show my stupidity. I was wondering what the acronym was for, but the other was like indispensable. But I, it'll, it'll come to me. Okay. In the sleep, like.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thank you again, Tony. Excellent job. Okay, and that leads me to the final part of my executive director report, which is a commendation for Commissioner Doreen Wuho. As I announced last week, today is Vice President Wuho's last meeting as a port commissioner. She has asked not to be reappointed for another term after serving for 11 years. In that time, Commissioner Wuho has helped guide the port through many projects and initiatives and has always served with wisdom and integrity encouraging port staff to do our very best we owe a great deal of our success to her especially during this period of economic recovery commissioner wuho's vision and expertise has served the port and the city so well commissioner wuho is a strategic thinker and challenged the port to think more strategically too in fact, it was her suggestion that we create a five-year strategic plan, which is now guiding our organization. She also challenged us to think beyond our transactions, one after the other, and to look at the bigger picture as an organization and present context. I will miss Commissioner Wuho very much, and I'm so thankful for her contributions to the port and for her kindness to me. Now I have the honor of reading a proclamation from Mayor Breed. I will present it to you after commissioner and public comments. Whereas the city and county of San Francisco traditionally recognizes individuals who have made significant and remarkable contributions to the vitality of our city and dedicate the dedicated work of Doreen Wuho truly represents San Francisco values at their best and whereas Doreen Wuho was appointed by Mayor Edwin Lee to the San Francisco Port Commission and was approved unanimously in 2011 during her 11 years of service on the Port Commission she served as president for one term for two terms and vice president for one Whereas during her tenure, Doreen led with undaunting integrity to make smart investments to improve and manage the stewardship of our beautiful waterfront. Most recently, she helped guide the port efforts to navigate the economic storm of the COVID-19 pandemic. And whereas, together with her fellow commissioners, Doreen provided strategic direction and helped build communities like 88 Broadway with permanently affordable units for families and seniors. Soon, Mission Rock will be home for 1,200 individuals and families, and Pier 70 will be home for over 1,000 residents. And whereas in 2018, Doreen was instrumental in passing Proposition A with an overwhelming support of San Francisco voters to make a vital down payment to address seismic and flood risks along our waterfront. And whereas beyond her work on the port commission, Doreen is a retired seasoned executive with over 35 years of commercial and customer baking experience, Her former roles include president, chief executive officer, and director of United Commercial Bank, former executive vice president of enterprise marketing, student loans, and corporate trust, and president of the consumer credit group at Wells Fargo and senior vice president at Citibank. And whereas with passion and dedication, Doreen also gave back to the community by serving on the board of the San Francisco Opera, and as a member of the Diversity and Inclusion and Director and Officers Committee and as the Community Council Co-Chair for the highly successful world premiere of the Dream of the Red Chamber Opera in 2016. And whereas Doreen is widely considered by her colleagues as a cherished friend known for her collegiality and the Port Commission staff as a respected mentor Her expertise and guidance will impact the health and well-being of the waterfront for generations to come. And whereas Doreen Wuho is looking forward to spending more time with her family in her retirement, especially her beloved husband, James. Now, therefore, be it resolved that I, Mayor Lendon Breed, not I, um, (laughs) Mayor of the City and County of San Francisco, do hereby proclaim May 10, 2022, as Doreen Wuho Day in Woo-hoo. San Francisco.
9: Thank you. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Turn it over to you. Thank you. Okay, now we will take public comment, including from staff. Is there any public comment in the room? <coughs> please please hit the mic, Jack. Anyone else go up right after Jack? You know if you put a
10: good afternoon president adams vice president wuho and members of the port commission my name is jack bear and i'm here representing the san francisco giants and all of us who work on the mission rock project we wanted to express our appreciation and gratitude to commissioner wuho for her service the port commission and all the dedication and time that she spent uh, on our projects and all the other projects uh, in front of the port. Serving on a powerhouse commission, like the port commission, or the planning commission, or the rec park commission, is quite a job. It takes a lot of dedication, um, time, and energy. The commission meetings themselves are just the tip of the iceberg. A lot of work is done outside of the meeting itself. You know, behind the scenes, reading, preparing, meeting with staff, fielding calls, from tenants and the public. As one of the tenants of the port, I have on occasion spoke to all the commissioners uh, and and certainly spoke to Commissioner Wuho, And I really appreciate your diligence and willingness to spend time with me. Uh, and I, I thought I would give one story. Uh, we were in a, a very tricky moment uh, before the Mission Rock election where there was a potential challenging ballot measure that was going to be placed. And we had plans for 30% affordable housing uh, for Mission Rock. And there was a late night meeting that went till 3.30 in the morning with Jane Kim and Art Agnos, John Burton, (laughs) Mike Casey, uh, John Avalos, uh, and many other stakeholders. And we worked out a deal where we'd increase the affordability rate to 40%. Uh, and we increased the AMI levels as well to balance that. But the very next day, I had to pick up the phone and call the port <laughs> because the port was not represented in that meeting. Uh, and I called uh, Commissioner Wuho and explained the situation to her. Uh, and uh, I appreciate um, uh, the interactions that we had and the wisdom that you have shown on a very complicated uh detailed, intricate deal like the Mission Rock project. Uh, I really appreciate all all that effort, and I'm sure all the effort on all the other projects and all the other work before the port. As a token of our appreciation uh, and within all the ethics rules (laughs) I have a plaque that's personalized for you uh, showing Mission Rock.
2: Can, Thank you. Can somebody take Where's a picture Ryan of Jack there? and Where's Doreen, given oh, her, please? <laughs> oh, it
9: should be, yeah.
2: Uh- Thank you. see behind that
11: Good afternoon, uh, President Adams and Vice President Wu Ho for the last day, I guess, and Commission members. I'm Diane Oshima. Um, you might remember me. I retired about a year ago, and it's so <laughs> great to see you. I was hiding in the wings, but um, I had to come today to express my thanks to Commissioner Wu Ho. Um, for your deep devotion to this public waterfront. Um, It serves so many diverse uses and public benefits, and the dedication was really um, apropos in terms of looking at and appreciating your financial and your banking expertise and bringing that to a public waterfront to create innovations that really get the most impact for all the investments that are made. I've always been so impressed by your work ethic. Um, It's inspiring, it's, you know, you dedicate so much personal time to take the deep dives into all of the details, and yet you can come back to the surface and educate us all about the strategic policy choices, issues, and options, and educate the staff and the public in the process. Um, it's really helped all of us to understand how to steward the waterfront better together and um, understand the complexities that are particular to an urban waterfront where there's so many interests that are all kind of collected together in such a small space. So for your promotion of being um, a steward of the waterfront, you're also a promoter of the solutions and the partnerships to make it, you know, continue to evolve and create new opportunities for everyone. I'm also personally very grateful for your leadership and all the support that you made on the waterfront plan update process. Um, You in particular, you pushed the staff to maximize the number of public members that were participating on that waterfront plan working group and all those advisory teams. And um, I'll never forget um, the way that you describe that public process by creating 1,000 flowers. 1,000 flowers of public values and ideas that are all now captured in the updated policies of the waterfront plan. But your legacy really extends beyond all those public values um, because you've strengthened the focus and the effectiveness through the port strategic plan, so it's perfect that there was this strategic plan update to really highlight um, how you've brought all the threads together. You've really been instrumental in um, bringing the port commission and the staff closer together and in harmony on what we should be focused and carrying out in our work along the waterfront. Um, And that strategic plan that you helped us create is really, Really is the blueprint that also aligns the public values from the waterfront plan with the priorities and financial realities of the capital plan and the capital budget. And then again, with the REAP report today highlighting how it is that we're also going to make this a more inclusive and anti racist organization so that we provide benefits um, for all, really. So, by my assessment, that's about another thousand flowers Um, and I can't thank you enough for your dedication to the port and I wish you the very very best in your retirement and with your family so thank you
2: thank you thank you guys is there anyone else uh, in the room for public comment oh come on Mike
12: Uh, Good afternoon, commissioners. I wasn't sure I was going to say something today, but I kind of had to. Um, (laughs) I am so respectful of all the time and effort and energy you all put in in support of San Francisco and making it a better city. And, um, you know, we come here to work and come to these commission meetings and sort of work hard to sort of figure out where we can meet you in the middle and where we want to go. And I've always been appreciative of Commissioner Wuho's ability to, to challenge us. But at the same time to also offer her expertise and wisdom as you heard all of the experience in the proclamation. Um, in particular, the thing that sticks out in my mind is as we entered the pandemic and we wondered what are we going to do with all these tenants whose businesses are shut down? And what are we going to do and how are we going to understand what are all these relief programs that they're going to be able to take advantage of and how that will affect the port? And uh, I had a number of conversations with Commissioner Wuho, where she really laid out her understanding of the banking industry and how it would sort of rise to that challenge and how the port could meet it and sort of serve our tenants the best and I'll really appreciate that but I would say the first time I met Commissioner Wuho was uh, five years before I worked at the port. I was working at the Office of Economic and Workforce Development on the America's Cup and after we did a presentation at the port commission the next day uh, Commissioner Wuho reached out and said let's get together. And we sat down, and at the time, I did not know what to expect. Um, But she did a great job of explaining to me, someone who didn't quite know what the America's Cup was meant to be, how how the challenge of bringing in tourism, which was really the economic challenge or the economic promise of America's Cup, was really going to work, especially with Asian tourism. And I've always appreciated that, because it wasn't something in conjunction with the hearing. It wasn't something that really was sort of meant to change the event. It was her offering her expertise to someone who really needed it. And so I'll always appreciate that. Um, it's a sad day for us to lose you, but I'm very excited to, to celebrate all of the things you've done for us. So thank you very much, Commissioner Ruho. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Mike. Is there anyone else that's going to? Oh, Katie.
13: Good afternoon, Commissioners. I'm Katie Petruccioni. I'm the port's CFO. And I am here to express the deep thanks and appreciation from the port's finance staff for Commissioner Doreen Wuho. We have been so appreciative of your focus on the port enterprise. You evaluate, you probe, you ask questions, and you have given us direction on such a wide variety of issues, our budget, on revenue bond issuance, on the port's balance sheet. Um, we've seen your experience as a banker and your laser focus on the need for the port not just to function as a city agency, but as a business, um, and that has been a tremendous asset to the port during your tenure. So I just wanted to thank you for your time and the attention that you've given to the work that's necessary to maintain the port's bottom line. Um, I am going to miss your incisive questions, your analytical approach, your strategic and thoughtful guidance. Uh, And I just wanted to say best wishes. And um, I don't know that we will ever have another commissioner who is so intent on making sure that this enterprise flourishes. So thank you very much for that.
2: Thanks, Katie. Anyone else? Anyone else that wants to say anything? Okay, say it one more time. Being that, uh, Jenica will provide instructions now for remote participants.
3: Thank you, President Adams. At this time, we will open the queue for anyone on the phone who would like to make public comment on the executive director's report. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. The system will let you know when your line is open Others will wait on mute until their line is open. Comments will be limited to three minutes per person. The queue is now open. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. At this time, there are no members of the public on the phone wishing to make public comment.
2: Okay. Thank you, Jenica. Uh, pub- comment is closed uh commissioner Gilman
1: um thank you Elaine for that for that report um I have no questions um to commissioner Wu Ho I want to thank you for the four years that I've had the honor to serve with you you were welcoming when I first joined and I remember our lunch across the street at the Embarcadero Center and you really helped me understand the financial and business of the port and your Um, Ackerman for that um, has rubbed off on me over the last four years. So I really want to, as someone who came from the not-for-profit sector where we measure our bottom line um, by social impact um, and by um, not having a deficit, the um, opportunity to earn profit or do what is advantageous for the port from an enterprise department, you really helped me understand that and walked me through it. And I also appreciated that we shared a love for water transport. And I'm promising you that I will continue that passion on this commission um, for water transportation. So I want to thank you for your leadership and for your service. And I wish you and your family nothing but the best um, in your retirement. Um, I appreciate you as a colleague. So thank you. Thank
5: you.
2: Commissioner Brandon.
5: Elaine, thank you for your report again. uh, And Tony, thank you for the REAP update. Commissioner Wuho. I am really going to miss you. I think I've, I've served the longest with Doreen, and she has really become a friend, and I really respect her and appreciate her in so many ways. I'm really going to miss her finance and real estate expertise and all that she has given to this port and the waterfront, and she is just leaving such a legacy. And she, and, and she does it with passion, dedication, and so much wisdom. And I, I, she is my friend. So I know we're going to see each other after you leave in your retirement, but I'm really going to miss serving with you. You have just done such a phenomenal job. So and I really you. appreciate and respect you. Thank you.
2: Commissioner Burton.
4: Well, I'm gonna gonna miss her. She was my seatmate for a very <laughs> short time. For a very short time, it's always a special relationship uh, with uh, your seatmate. But uh, she's done great things for the city before she even was appointed to the Port Commission. And I told her that's a bunch of BS about her retiring. She wouldn't know how to do it.
5: <laughs> and she'll keep
4: contributing and. Uh, I can say thank you for letting me move up a notch now on the commission.
5: (laughs)
2: Thank you. Uh, Tony and uh, Director Forbes, thank you for your report. Man, this is going to be tough for me. Uh, But hopefully somewhere along the line you guys can find a little laughter in what I'm going to say. It was... uh, 2012 when I came on the commission and I, Doreen was the president and uh, Monique Moyer was here and uh, oh man that was something else. Doreen was president and Doreen was tough, right? And uh, and even me in the beginning, when me and Doreen, when I came on this commission, me and Doreen, we were like all in water, we glass, right? And that was a good thing because Doreen was a process person, she was smart and I know President Brandon will remember his first meeting. It was the America's Cup. And Doreen says, please, everybody, get the humor. Doreen said, and they had some kind of valet parking. Doreen said, do they have have valet parking for the rich? And I was like, what did she just say? And I'm new (laughs) on the commission, right? So I'm sitting down on the end thing. I ain't going to say anything. But that was just how Doreen was. And um, Doreen's always been a very ethical person, put her heart. Forth. And one thing you did mention about Doreen that a lot of people don't know, I've done a lot of research on Doreen, she was a correspondent in Cambodia. Dor- Doreen is a renaissance woman. She's a very, very uh, studious woman. She has a lot of interests and in hobbies, smart as a whip, very versatile, and just uh, a really, really good person. And Doreen and I have really become very good friends. I have the utmost respect. And the reason I'm a better commission is because of, of her. And um and I can really say and, and you know and we I know we both had a dark day, me and uh Doreen when uh Mary Lee passed away because Doreen was very close to Mary Lee and Rose Pack and uh Doreen and I both cried that day. It was uh, it was a loss for our city and just the type of guy that uh Ed Lee was and her relationship with uh Rose Pack. Uh, Doreen, she has relationships for uh A lifetime, and so I just want to say, Doreen, thank you for all that you've done. Uh, You're caring, uh, you're you're strong, and uh, you always put the port first. And you always ask the hard questions, and you always said to me, "Willie, have those painful discussions and get to the bottom of stuff." And Doreen was never afraid to take political uh, pressure. She that never bothered Doreen. Said, "I don't care about." politics Doreen said we have to do what's right because we're stewards of this city so I've always respected that about Doreen she's very very strong and when she gets on and she has a heart to go uh, took us a while to know each other but uh, we're friends and I consider her a sister and uh, I'd do anything for Doreen thank you uh, and yeah I got one other thing to say now for guys up
9: here. oh I get to say something. Okay. No, I had
2: something to present to you.
9: (laughs) Go ahead, Doreen. Go ahead. You go first. Okay. All right. Well, I am going to spend a few minutes, if you don't mind. After 11 years, it's time to kind of say a few words. So, thank you, Elaine, and to all of you for the wonderful um, and gracious comments. And, Carl, can you please remember to send me a copy of the minutes so I can keep a proper remembrance of everything that's been said. And, as they say, parting is such sweet sorrow. That truly is how I feel today as my last day as a San Francisco Port Commissioner after 11 memorable years. So I'd like to say a few words about those years, what they've meant to me and my family. So neither my, fa- my father or husband are here today, unfortunately, but I want to thank them and say how privileged I feel to follow their footsteps into public service. My father was a diplomat, um, an ambassador in civic service for the Republic of China-Taiwan. my husband, James Ho, as many of you may know, was deputy mayor under Mayor Art Agnos. The port, interestingly, as an enterprise agency, was in his portfolio because he was responsible for business and the arts. So it was familiar territory. So we truly have bookended our public service careers with the port as he began and I ended here today. Both my father and husband have inspired me to take on public service, as did Mayor Ed Lee, who first appointed me, as Willie said, to this commission. The port was a high priority for Ed Lee, and a lot of his vision for the port has been accomplished, but there's more to be done. I also need to thank Mayor Willie Brown for supporting my appointment to the commission, and I also want to recognize Mayor London Breed for her continuous support for me and the port, and I thank you, her today for that wonderful commendation and all the research that went into it. Thank you so much. Serving on this commission after a long career in the corporate world, as well as the nonprofit sector, makes me feel that I have completed a full circle of engagement in business, arts and education, government, community, and society in general. It's a path that I will always encourage others to follow, especially younger people, to give back and to pay forward. Being on the Port Commission has been a true, sometimes wild adventure of the best kind. (laughs) Our agendas are always full, but never boring. I feel I have lived the ups and downs of the city of San Francisco vicariously through the port in the last decade. There have been many triumphs and moments of pride. The America's Cup, as Mike mentioned. The Giants winning the World Series at Oracle Park. The opening of the Exploratorium, opening of the cruise ship terminal, and breaking ground for two brand new neighborhoods at Pier 70 and Mission Rock to name a few. And we have been linked and essential to the community too, to solve and protect all vulnerable with the navigation center, affordable housing at 88 Broadway, and to promote youth through many of our internships and training programs. And of course, we were a significant tri- contributor to executing all of the city's tremendous response to the pandemic, starting by lending R.E.D. Elaine Forbes, full time to the city and many of our staff time. Our real estate portfolio reflects both the rise and fall of restaurants, retail, maritime, and tech industries. We've enjoyed their success, but also felt their pain. Some of the site's visits that stand out in my memory, well, this one will be interesting, are the goats as the live lawnmowers for San Francisco <laughs> Rail, touring the Princess cruise ships in port, visiting Uber and Jewel, name we don't talk about anymore, on-site at Orton Developments Rehabilitation of Historic Buildings, The shipyards and crane cove park and sailing on the bay during america's cup and so many more we have dealt with top of mind infrastructure making the embarcadero safe for all modes of transportation and people taking over the south beach marina that was the longest public comment i've ever heard about the rates creating more enjoyable open space with our parks such as crane cove and heron's head parks and one of my favorites as commissioner gilman mentioned increased water transportation with new ferry landings and water taxis. We are the anchor for some of San Francisco's best traditions, like Fleet Week and the opening every year of the crab and fishing season. We are the vanguard of the city in regard to climate change, seismic risk, and sea level rise. And even our little echo center reflects our commitment and values to increase the importance of ESG in our daily lives. We've also, as you heard today, been a leader in the city for equity. Before it became ingrained in everybody's mind. Our LBE outreach commitment and results, thanks to Commissioner Brandon, are high watermarks compared to other departments. I would be remiss not to mention that during my time, we recast the port's strategic plan, updated one of our critical blueprints with the help of Diana Oshima, the waterfront land use plan with full community input, and are in the midst, still, of developing our long-term resilience plan. What I have just talked about is not even a complete list of the work of the last 11 years, but it's mind-boggling just the same. Don't you agree? The variety of activity is vast and reflects our mission to be truly diverse while creating a vibrant, resilient, sustainable, and equitable waterfront. When you add up the scope, the content, the impact and contribution, there is no doubt that this is the best commission in this city, and it's fun too. We touch the lives of all citizens and visitors in so many different ways and facets. That is what has been most meaningful to me and I think to my fellow commissioners. Until the pandemic, we were also on a path of financial self-sufficiency and strength with a strong balance sheet and healthy revenues, as Katie has mentioned, which was reflected in our excellent public bond ratings and our ability to actually issue bonds. However, we were challenged by the pandemic but now have survived and endured its fallout, helped our tenants as much as we can, and hopefully now are on a clear path to recovery. Well, how did this all happen? The answer in my mind is simple, people. People with vision, passion, leadership, and commitment. When I first joined, coming from the private sector, I was not sure what to expect about the staff and their capabilities in a public agency. I was pleasantly surprised and quickly impressed by their professionalism, knowledge, leadership ability, and overall skills, but most of all, by their dedication and commitment to the port's mission and goals. Port staff from the ED on down work hard and passionately, not for their paycheck, but for the good of the public and their belief in a vibrant, diverse, and equitable waterfront. It's an unbeatable equation that yields strong results and significant accomplishments. I also want to give a shout out to the port's citizen advisory committees, whom I have learned to appreciate and respect greatly over time. They are our eyes and ears in the community and enable us to have an interactive channel to communicate, discuss, and provide important input on port projects and initiatives. I cannot name and do justice to all of the port staff, so please excuse that I cannot commend everyone individually. I love and respect all of you and want to especially give a shout-out to those who work behind the scenes but make the port tick every single day. A special mention, too, for all these years to our SFGov team who have supported us and made our commission meetings enjoyable as well as functional. Thank you for your service, all of you. And as President Willie Adams likes to say, you are the ones that make the Port Commission the best commission in the city. Elaine Forbes, I have seen you step up and blossom as Executive Director. Your brilliant and steady leadership allows us commissioners to sleep well at night knowing that you are guiding us and your team on a positive and strategic path you articulate and have successfully infused the port strategies in all of the ports projects and initiatives and as you know the port's strategic framework is near and dear to my heart to help determine priorities and funding you and your senior team mike rebecca katie andre randy rod brad michelle carl Diane, even though you're retired now, Carol (laughs) and all the other respective team members, too numerous to name, have demonstrated leadership and executed superbly time and time again. You make us commissioners look good. And fellow commissioners, you have been an absolute pleasure to work with. We are diverse, our professions, experiences, and skills are not the same, but we naturally come together and make one plus one equal three. Your compassion, President Adams, and values come through. Your passion and wisdom guides us well, and you don't ever hesitate to speak your conscience or push us to new heights. Commissioner Brandon, you taught me so much in the first few years. One of my fondest memories is traveling with you for America's Cup to Newport, Rhode Island. We are not, as you recall, exactly in the majority in Newport, Rhode Island, but I got to know you and respect you. I have to commend you for your use of dedication to the port and your eagle eye still today for detail, good sense, and what's fair. You are the champion for LBEs, and you had the foresight to see how to apply equity before it became the fabric of everyday practice in the city. Commissioner Gilman, you bring energy and heart to your role and a fresh perspective. Commissioner Burton, you truly are our granddaddy as the founder (laughs) and creator of the port. Your clout still speaks volumes in San Francisco, Sacramento, and D.C. We are truly lucky and blessed to have you to help us navigate to get the best funding. In closing, the port is a giant jigsaw puzzle of a vast sea and landscape with so many different parts. Many of the pieces have been filled in, but many still need to be placed. The port will always be changing and evolving with the times. There are the existing challenges and new ones on the horizon, but there are also many continuing opportunities. I retire with confidence that what will make the future bright is the people who care, work hard, and lead with vision and values. That is our commission and the port team. Best of luck to all of you. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Commis- Commissioner Wuho, your fellow commissioners, I wanted to present this photo to you in honor of your time on the port commission. We will miss you and we will all go down with Director force. We'll take a photo. Come on, guys. Thank you. Come on. Oh. Looking, like, yeah. Come on, John. Come on. You take your mask nice off. for, oh.
9: yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, Is it the for to come down here? Yes, we're coming down, down there. Yeah, we're coming down there. <laughs> You ready? You're going down oh. here. You're going down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh Carl, next item
0: please. That would be item 9B, election of Port Commission Vice President.
2: I call for nominations of Port Commission Vice President.
1: Um, President Adams, I nominate Commissioner Kimberly Burton for Vice President. Oh, yeah.
2: Kimberly Brandon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kimberly Burton? Oh my gosh. All right, Oh my god. A Kimberly and a I got two different commissions. Which one is? it? Is it Kimberly or is it John? Wait, what are we doing? Okay. I know what you, know what okay. you meant. Okay. Gotta, gotta have it lighthearted, okay.
5: Yes.
2: Nominations are nominations are open for Port commission vice president. Nominations are open for commission vice president. Hearing no other Nominations, nominations are now closed. Now we will take public comment. Is there any public comment in the room? Any public comment in the room? Now we will check in for public comment for those that are remote. Jenica will provide instructions now for remote participants.
3: Thank you, President Adams. At this time, we will open the queue for anyone on the phone who would like to make public comment on the nomination for commission vice president. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. The system will let you know when your line is open. Others will wait on mute until their line is open. Comments will be limited to three minutes per person. The queue is now open. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. At this time, there are no members of the public on the phone wishing to make public comment.
2: Thank you, Jenica. Public comment is closed. We have a nomination of Kimberly Brandon for vice president. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? I now announce our new vice president, Kimberly Brandon. Vice President Brandon, you have any words?
5: Oh, I just want to thank everyone, especially my fellow commissioners, for wanting me to have this position yet again. Um, I look forward to working with you and continuing all of everything that we have going on at the port and supporting our chair and our executive director, along with my fellow commissioners. I think we, uh, as everyone has said today. This is the best agency in the city, and I am just so happy to still be a part of it.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Vice President Brennan, looking forward to working with you.
0: Carl? Item 10 is the consent calendar. 10A requests approval of a resolution to align the port executive director delegated authority to the administrative code, that is resolution 2224. 10B requests approval to issue a request for qualifications for as needed engineering and related services for contracts each in an amount not to exceed $4 million with a term of five years and the creation of a pre-qualified pool. For a term of two years, it's resolution 2225, and 10C requests approval of a resolution adopting findings under new state urgency legislation to allow certain members of this body to attend meetings remotely during the COVID-19 emergency. And continuing to allow members to attend remotely for the next 30 days. And directing the commission affairs manager to agendize a similar resolution at a commission meeting within 30 days. That's resolution 2226.
2: Commissioners, is there a motion to approve the consent calendar?
1: I so move. Second.
2: Okay. We will take public comment. Is there any public comment in the room? Is there any public comment? Seeing none, Jenica will provide instructions now for remote participants. Thank you, President Adams.
3: At this time, we will open the queue for anyone on the phone who would like to make public comment on the consent calendar. One by one. Please dial star 3 if you wish to make public comment. The system will let you know when your line is open. Others will wait on mute until their line is open. Comments will be limited to 3 minutes per person. The queue is now open. Please dial star 3 if you wish to make public comment. At this time there are no members of the public on the phone wishing to make public comment.
2: Thanks, Jenica. Public comment is closed. This is on a consent calendar. We have a motion and a second. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Resolutions 2224, 2225, and 2226 are passed unanimously.
0: Carl, next item, please. Item 11A requests authorization to accept and expend a $70,000 grant from the California Coastal Conservancy and a $35,000 gift from the Archie Green Fund for Labor, Labor, Culture and History for an Islas Creek interpretive program that proposes a series of exhibits on open spaces on the north and south shoreline of Islas Creek and to seek authorization to award a contract to Macchiato Design Consultants to support the interpretive project. This project was determined to be categorically exempt from CEQA by the San Francisco Planning Department. This is Resolution 2227.
14: Thank you, Carl. Commissioners, President Adams, Vice President uh, Brandon. I'm (laughs) David Bufray with Planning and Environment. I'm joined today by Mark Paez, Port Preservation Planner. Noel Aquino, uh, the Project Manager for this and Jeremy Rogenbogen Rogenbogen from uh, Macchiato, the design consultant. Here's a brief uh, outline of the presentation I plan to give you, starting with the background and the context. Talk a little bit about the funding sources, both the existing and the new funding sources. An advisory committee or steering committee we established to help guide the development of the project, Uh, provide a quick overview of the concepts developed to date, and then open it up for... Questions and answers and next steps. So this project goes back uh, quite a ways. Uh, it was initiated by an organization called the Copra Crane Labor Landmark Association and Friends of Islayus Creek. In fact when I first started with the port, Diane uh, gave me this project when she was trying to figure out something to do with me within my first couple of weeks at the port. Uh, and so I worked over over a number of years with the various organizations to advance the project. Um, It's also an outcome and a benefit of the Blue Greenway planning and an outcome of the waterfront plan. To date, the funds we've received include a grant from the California Coastal Conservancy, uh, some general obligation bond funding, port revenues, uh, and today we're seeking approval to get an additional grant and gift. it's a partnership with the, again, the California Coastal Conservancy, also the Public Utilities Commission and SFMTA, and an organization called the Copra Crane Lam- Labor Landmark Association. When we started the process, we retained Macchiato, the design consultant, through a competitive LBE uh, uh, RFP process, and uh, port staff formed an advisory committee of stakeholders to design the content of the the program. Here's an overview of the funding. We originally started with a grant from the Coastal Conservancy. It included about $366,000 to fund the interpretive program, both development and implementation of it. As we got into the planning of it, um, they were so thrilled with the uh, program that they've come back to us and offered us an additional $70,000 to complete out the program. The Archie Green Fund for Labor, Culture, and History has offered a gift to the port of $35,000 to tell the story of labor, culture, and history. The Archie Green Fund uh, was an outgrowth of the Copra Crane Labor Landmark Association. And then I mentioned the uh, parks general obligation bonding for $154,000, so our total budget is $625,281. As I mentioned, we formed an advisory committee representing members of the neighborhood and stakeholders, some of who, whom are here today and will likely speak under public comment. They include Oscar James, a Bayview resident and historian. L. Williams, a, a Bayview historian. Derek Green, the uh, son of Archie Green, who was a member of the Copper Crane Labor Landmark Association and is uh, the keeper of the Archie Green Fund for Labor and Culture and History. We have Harvey Schwartz uh, from the ILWU and also member of the CCLLA, Peter Linenthal, who was, uh, is active with the Petrol Hill Archives and a historian, and Howard Wong, who represents the Port Southern Advisory Committee. When we started the process, we uh, met with all of the members, did a site visit, and had them review the scope. We've shared and developed the uh, content with them. They've reviewed concepts and provided feedback. They reviewed the revised concepts based on the comments and have provided additional feedback and they'll ultimately review the final content that we're going to be uh, installing. Uh, So uh, when we initiated this process, uh, it's always best to come up with a mission statement to help guide the future work. I'm not going to read this, but it's something that we continue to reflect back upon and think about as we've been developing the program. The thematic uh, overview or outline for the program was to interpret labor history, culture, ecology, and resilience for the communities around Islay's Creek. So there are essentially three sites that we uh, picked to do the interpretation. There is the northern shoreline of Islay's Creek between 3rd Street and Indiana Street. Uh, So the northern shoreline is kind of the first site. The second site is Islayus Landing, also known as the Islayus Boat Launch. And then the third site is the Bayview Gateway. Uh, Each of these blue symbols talks about the themes that will be discussed at each of the sites. Starting in the north, it's labor and culture and the culture and history of Islayus Creek. Uh, Slaughterhouse and meatpacking. Channelization and industrialization of the creek, the water treatment facilities that the PUC have along the creek and the, the role it plays, uh, break bulk cargo, longshore workers in the piers, and then interpretation about the former copra crane through the Cargill copra plant. And then on the southern portion, we're going to uh, interpret resilient strategies that are addressing us today with sea level rise, and then natural history and ecology of the creek. And then finally, in the Bayview Gateway, we have something called Voices of Bayview. And I'll cover each of these briefly in a little bit more detail. So at the Bayview Gateway, the idea is to tell the story of people who have a cultural connection with Islay's Creek. We've picked out 10 different individuals that we'll get the stories of and tell the stories of, including the Ohlone, a scouse schooner skipper, a Chinese fisher a vaquero relating to the stockyards butcher Butchertown, the African-American longshore work, uh, worker, a copra crane worker, a produce mart worker, skateboarders, and a bus driver. And the bus driver is kind of the modern-day worker that's down relating to the muni facility. And uh, skateboarders, a, a big uh, skateboarding culture actually sparked out of the PUC promenade along Islayas Creek. So the next few images are just going to show how the stories can be told within these ex- existing open spaces. There's existing armature along the PUC promenade that shows these bold white railings. This shows how we can take those bold white railings and convert some of them into pieces for interpretive elements and hidden within the screen are kind of hidden messages that'll appear Uh, through various times of the day and year. Those are the perforations on the the bottom screen. And so as the sun evolves through the site, the message for this one would be Bayview and there are different messages um, throughout each of the interpretive panels. And this shows how uh, labor and culture and the different panels would be applied to this panel. Here's just a mock-up of the type of imagery and the language and text that would be used associated with the storytelling. The storytelling still needs to be worked out and we're working with the stakeholders on that. Here's how it would look applied to those panels and images that are out there today. And then this is how uh, we're looking at reinterpreting the last element of the Cobra crane called the cyclone separator and we're working with MTA to see if we can uh, position it and fabricate it to tell the story about the labor related to the copra crane and again just how the armature and signage would look would be mounted within the existing railings and armature of the site this is all on the north side and then moving to Islay's landing and the boat launch this is where we're talking about telling the story of conservation and the important role that the creek has played over time and the natural history On a PUC outfall, the PUC has agreed to allow us to work with them to apply messaging about sea level rise and real life elevations, and we're working with the resilience team on how to talk about the creek and how sea level rise um, will impact the creek and at what elevations. And on the opposite side of that outfall, um, well, this is actually looking up a little bit closer about the uh, sea level rise conditions and the scale. And then on the opposite side, uh, Macchiato, our consultant, has been in consultation with the Ohlone representatives to talk about how to build a story and tell the Ohlone story and their important connection to the creek. Islaeus is an Ohlone word for uh, Islais cherry, a uh, a fruit that they harvested down around the creek. And the hidden message in this, we are still here, kind of represents a message we've heard from the Ohlone that don't just tell stories about the past they're still a part of the culture and are here today with us and then lastly this shows in Bayview Gateway how the armature would work to tell the different stories of as an example the vaquero or the Chinese Fisher so uh, if we get your approval today our next steps are to complete the design for this in August of Uh, 2022 begin construction later this fall and have substantial completion about a year from now uh, with final completion in september of 2023 and with that myself mark or noel or jeremy are all available for any questions thank you
2: thank you david and and mark for your presentation um i got a list of uh, speakers and after that if anyone else wants to come up the first speaker is uh Oscar James from the Bayview community. Oscar, come on up.
15: Thank you very much. My name is Oscar James. I'm a native resident of Bayview-Hunters Point, born and raised out there 76 years. Um, One of the things I really want to uh, express is my appreciation for Dave coming out and really working with the community, uh, making sure we had our input into the whole development, and not only him but the, the staff that he came out, louder, the staff that he came out with. Uh, you, I, I like the whole concept of the thing, especially with the Ohlone Native Americans uh, having their story told and also the artwork that uh, presents them to the community, because a lot of the people in our community do not know about them. Uh, being the first persons in this uh, area uh, whose shoulders we stand on as a community. I'd like to uh, thank also the, uh, them representing the labor unions, which is one of the most important things to us in our community, to making sure that the labor and the unions are a, an important part of our history also, uh, and all of the things that, that represent this community. I urge you, I beg you, I plead with you, to pass this to make this a real success for our community. With that I say thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Oscar. Commissioners for my my back, before I take the other, can I get a motion?
15: Move. So move. Second.
2: Okay. Thank you. Derek Green. Come on up, Derek.
16: President Adams members of the commission. My name is Derek Green. I'm retired from the, from employment in the private and the public sectors of the San Francisco electrical industry. I'm also a volunteer officer and board of director member of the Archie Green Fund for Labor, Culture and History. Commissioners, allow me to read my statement we'll all be a lot happier (laughs) go ahead go ahead (laughs) commissioners i'm quite honored that mark and david of the port staff invited me to participate and provide for input for consideration into the islaes creek interpretive program along with port staff members machadio design consultants and community working committee members I feel the program is very well described within Executive Director's Forbes May 5th memo and also well stated within the Port Commission's Resolution 22-27. I'm very pleased with the current design of the program which provides for various displays of multiple Islayas Creek area occupations. I believe the program exhibits located along the Islais Creek waterfront will be enjoyed by San Francisco citizens and guests for years to come. I personally am looking forward to visiting and enjoying the San Francisco Islais Creek waterfront display along with Archie Green's grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Thank you, commissioners, for your consideration of this waterfront project.
2: Thank you, Derek. Our next speaker is Harvey Schwartz, IOW Copa Crane. Welcome, Harvey. Thank you. Can you hear me okay?
17: Yep. Yeah. I can. Okay. Um, President Adams, commissioners, uh, interested parties, thank you for the opportunity to speak today. As noted already, my name is Harvey Schwartz. It still is. Uh, I'm a labor historian um, with an interest in West Coast Maritime and Construction Trades Unions. Um, I only have a few minutes. and know you're all lucky because usually historians go on and on. So fortunately, I, I can't do that. For the past 26 years, I've been involved in the, um, the project to celebrate the diverse life, labor, <clears throat> and culture at Isla's Creek. I submit that... Um, on this project, the port's representatives, including Mark Pais, Dave Bupre, David Bupre, and others, have run an extremely impressive and inclusive program in regard to community outreach and access. and excess, not excess, access, sorry. Recently, I've been a member of the uh, Creek Interpretive Plans Working Group. I'm extremely happy with the uh, program's beautiful design and with the design team itself which is consistently solicited and seriously considered working group suggestions. This design really is beautiful, I'll tell you. I I don't have that in my notes, but I'm gonna throw that in anyway. It's it's very impressive, particularly for somebody like me who is oriented toward the printed word. I'm very impressed with the design. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the program's construction in the near future, as the saying goes, when metal goes into the ground. Um I greatly appreciate the port's commitment to this project. Just to mention one example, for years the Port's David Brupre has always been there to help, to inform, and to encourage members of the community who are interested in the Islayus Creek project. In closing, uh, I wish to strongly support the adoption of Resolution twenty-two twenty seven. Thank you very much for your consideration.
2: Thank you, Harvey. Uh, Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Public comment. Okay. At this time, (coughs) Jenica will provide instructions now for remote participants.
3: Thank you, President Adams. At this time, we will open the queue for anyone on the phone who would like to make public comments on item 11A. Please dial star 3 if you wish to make public comment. The system will let you know when your line is open. Others will wait on mute until their line is open. Comments will be limited to three minutes per person. The queue is now open. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. At this time, there are no members of the public on the phone wishing to make public comment.
2: Thanks, Jenica. Public comment is closed. Commissioner Burton.
4: Yeah, I don't know if it's even relevant. Is there anything, although I don't know if it went down to Islay Creek, but when I was a kid, a big deal was the state belt line that ran across the waterfront. Or, or that's not related to Islay Creek. It was the other part of But it's a thing that ran, ran north, no east, wherever the hell it ran. On the, wa- on the waterfront, the old state belt railroad?
14: Yeah, so uh, Commissioner uh, Burton, uh, the belt line ran more along the northern waterfront okay. along the Embarcadero, so there, right. there's not that connection here. I just
4: want to show my sense of history. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mr.
2: Chairman. You passed the test. <laughs> All right. <there. laughs> Commissioner Wu. <laughs>
9: yeah. uh, I'm very supportive. I think it's a creative way, and I'd like the idea and um, the messages that you're sending with these displays. So I think it's very nice to see that reflect the heritage of what we're trying to represent in that area. So I'm very supportive. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Commissioner Gilman.
1: Um, David, thank you so much for the report and the work of your team. I am so enthusiastically excited about this um, and want to just put a little plug in for more storytelling and interpretiveness of the history of the waterfront the whole stretch um, of over seven miles as someone who in my own hometown here of san francisco or other places i travel always gravitate towards these kinds of historic or history things when i travel overseas or um, with in country i just think they're so important both for locals and tourists to understand the history and i'm just so excited about this Um, just one thing i hope you'll take into account Um, when we do the construction of this, is to use the most resilient materials possible. We do unfortunately have other wayfinding and historical and storytelling interpretive markers along, particularly along the northeast waterfront, um, that are peeling or corroding or have sometimes have been graffitied. So I just hope, however, we construct this, that we make it impossible. Um, for environmental or human destruction because I think it is so incredibly important in such a draw for our community. Um, so I'm absolutely
5: supportive of the item.
2: Vice President Brandon.
5: David, thank you so much for this report and I am totally in favor of this project. Thank everyone who um, was involved in bringing this to the port. Thank you.
2: I also want to say, uh, David, and to everybody involved, you know, David, it was like when Diana Oshman worked here. Two things that you and Diana both have, you've got street cred with the community. People in the community trust you, your integrity, your sense of a fair play, and, you, and your big heart, and uh, I support it also. And I just want to say thank you for being a person that really, really cares. And you know what? The community can t- can t- tell how much you really care. And even the people that came to speak today, you're definitely the real thing. So I also stand in support. Uh, we have a motion and a second. All in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? Uh, resolution 2227 passes unanimously. Carl, next item,
0: please. Item 12 is new business.
6: I have reported a request from Commissioner Gilman that MOUs with other city department agencies include equity goals and uh, actions. Is there any other new business?
2: It's not new business, but I want to thank the crew in the back. Thank you. Once again, y'all make us look good. Thanks for delivering the goods, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you. Is there any uh, other new business? Being none, if there's no other new business, is there a
1: motion to adjourn?
2: Motion to adjourn. Three
1: second. <laughs>
2: Boy, that was the quickest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> All in favor, say aye. Aye. Oppose, and please go outside and help yourself.
5: Can't wait. Four
2: fifty-eight.